0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Where the Light Is podcast, the podcast where we work to illuminate things in the Word of God, we illuminate things in the spirit realm, and we work to strengthen the believer. As usual, I am your your gracious host, Ruben, and I hope that you are having a nice day, having a nice evening. Um, You're going to want to get ready. Go ahead and get your coffee. Go ahead and get your tea. Turn me up on your stereo. Whatever needs to be done, Uh, you want to sit down for this. (laughs) It's a heavy word, but it's a sweet word. So before we get started, let's go ahead and open up as usual with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for the opportunity to come to you today and to learn and to break your bread together. This is a fresh communion with you. We thank you and we love you for it. Mold my mouth. Mold the words that come out of my mouth to be able to. To clearly and divinely um, speak into the lives of all those who are listening with a fresh rhema word, not a not a stale word, not an old word, but a word that's fresh and that is able to transform the lives of those who are listening. And we thank you in advance in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. So, yeah, are you ready? Are you are you guys ready? So last week we went ahead and spoke on the presence of Jesus. Um, We spoke on what it looked like to be a disciple of Jesus. I went down Matthew, a few scriptures in Matthew, and we looked at the things that was um, available or around as you would be a disciple following and walking physically with Jesus. And we used that to correlate that to our modern life. So like how um, walking with Jesus would pertain to my own relationship. So... This week, we're going to go ahead and continue that. I'm going to be going through a few scriptures of Matthew and a few of Mark. Um, so let's get started. When you walk with Jesus, there are a lot of things that you will you will find and you will learn and you will um, realize that you never expected. There are a lot of things you'll get. Um, from the first episode, I said that you will notice that Jesus oftentimes will bring you to follow him. What was one of the first things he said? He said, drop your profession. And he said, follow me. He said, drop your, drop everything and just follow me. That was what the Lord means by his take up and pick up your cross and follow me. It means give up your life. Give up everything you know. Give up your comfort and follow me. So we know that um, from last week that oftentimes the Lord will bring us to this point. And to go a little bit deeper this week. We know that the Lord will oftentimes bring us into things that we often don't understand. We often don't have clarity or our um we don't understand like, okay, you know how the Bible says, oh you don't you know not right now, you don't understand, but in the future at one point you will. So it's the same thing. we don't know some things and following the Lord, we will begin to operate in a place to where. The Lord will pull us out into unknown territory to grow us, to strengthen us, and to prove His mighty hand. So, I have a few points for you today. I have a few points. Walking with the Lord. The first point that we notice is that, like I said, the Lord will start off giving you focus and direction. Focus and direction. So, please turn with me to Matthew 7, 13. Matthew 7:13 All right. So Matthew 7:13. Matthew 7:13 says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go by it. Because narrow is the gate, difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So like I said, seemingly the Lord, as you walk with him, you will be led in a place that's very narrow, very narrow. Um, this reminds me of, um, uh, I forget, his, uh, what is his name? What is his name? Um, it's a, um, a poem basically talking about the, um, the path that's basically like not treaded upon, not taken. And this reminds me of that path. Let me go ahead and look it up for you. Um, yeah, it's by Robert Frost. It's called The Road Not Taken. This reminds me of that, that poem. And it's like, it talks about how basically um, in our lives, there's a bunch of like um, ways that people take and their choices in life make a lot of like, have a lot of effect. And the mainstream thing um, is to do. The the mainstream or the common thing is to do something that might not be necessarily healthy or ha- happy for you or good for you, beneficial for you, and the path that's not taken is the the right decision. But oftentimes we see that people don't take it because it's untreaded, it's unmoved, it's unmarked. It's it's a new path that's to be made, and I urge you. Do not be wary of that path because oftentimes the narrower path that is undone, the narrower path that is, um seems to be not taken is the better path. Because again, going back to this passage, we look and we see the Lord talking about his, his um two pathways and we see there's a narrow gate. And wide and broad gate to destruction. So, just because people around you are doing things, we will see that in the when we walk with Christ, oftentimes He will lead us to a, a pathway that seems as if it's not the right path. There will be warfare. There will be, a, as you go to an unmarked path, an unpaved path, think about it. If you were going through a road and you meet two places, of, uh, two two uh, a fork in a road, and you see one path that's already like, like already been treaded upon, already has the the laid out road, the laid out cement, the laid out brick, whatever it may be. If this is old times, um, it may already been paved for you. And then you see the other route. The other route has no no path. You have to make the path. The Lord has to make the path. And you see uh, trees, you see bushes, you see um, things to get past. I guarantee you that way has animals that will get in your way. So as you walk in that path, you will be discomfort. You will um, experience a level of discomfort. You will be uncomfortable. It's the path that's not taken. Seemingly, the Lord often brings us to that. So being a Christian, is oftentimes not comfortable because as a Christian, you will buck the ways of this world. The ways of this world are very cultural-based, very um, tradition-based, very uh, ideology-based, but we know that His ways are not our ways, do we not? His ways are not our ways, and we know that His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher and greater and grander and better, more lovely, more pure than our thoughts. So we know that his plans are most likely not going to look like our plans. So as we walk in this life, being a follower of Jesus, we notice that oftentimes it may be uncomfortable. Again, I say it it may be uncomfortable because we feel as if we are going at a road that is by ourselves. But I dare tell you that's the safest place you can be. Because you have a guide. What does Psalms 23 say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. What does it say? He leads me. He leads me. And then what does it go on to say? He sets me. He lays me. He puts me down. He lays me down. He is the one who's leading us into this life. He leads us into the paths of righteousness. He leads us and sets us by still waters. He puts us in green pastures. We are... Seemingly, what does it go on to say even then? He leads us through the path of the shadow of the valley of death. The valley of the shadow of death. What does that mean? The valley of the shadow of death. Meaning death is just a shadow. A shadow. Because why? Because it was overcome. It was overcome. It um, It was dominated by the Lord when he was crucified and when he was resurrected. But that pathway... It doesn't seem like lightness. It didn't look like the rest of the pathways. It doesn't look like green pasture. It doesn't look like still waters. But when he leads you, he leads you in a place to where seemingly it's the wrong decision. But we know we don't have faith. We don't have trust. We don't have faith. We don't have trust in the path itself. We have faith and trust in the one who's leading us. So being a follower of Jesus may oftentimes lead you into a pathway that is seemingly unpaved and wrong. To many people it will seem wrong, but to our God he knows better. He knows better. He will always lead you to the pathway which we know, the pathway which we know is best for us or he knows is best for us rather. So, let's go ahead and move on to point 2. Um from that that um that, that point, we move on and we see that oftentimes when you walk with Christ, there will be doctrinal and religious beliefs that you hold or others hold or you have been taught that will be shaken. And we will see that our preconceived notions instantly go out the window. What do you mean? Okay, let's go to the multiple, multiple times that we see the Lord shaking our doctrine. Let's go um okay Luke 9 54 well actually actually let's start with um excuse me let's start with Matthew 5 Matthew 5 starting with verse 38 okay Matthew 5 starting with verse 38 It says, you have heard that it was said eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give give to the one who asks you and do not turn away the one who wants to borrow from you. So this shows you again, this is going back to the first point. He leads you into things that are often not seen as right by this world. Uh, Whenever you get slapped, what does the world tell tell you to do? Slap him back. It don't tell you to turn the other cheek. It don't tell you that. And what does it say? If anybody wants to sue you, take your shirt. Hand over your coat as well. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous for us to hear. What do you mean someone trying to sue me and just give him my shirt and my coat and everything as well? No, but look, God's ways are not our ways. His ways are not our ways. And materialistic things don't matter in the grand scheme of things. And he knows that. And what matters most is showing love, showing patience, showing long suffering. His ways are not our ways. In this, right here in this, this passage, he's shaking us. He's shaking our doctrine. Um, the Old Testament said, eye for an eye, two for two. It said that. It preached that. It said, if someone does you over wrong, let him be stoned. Let him die. We see the Pharisees doing this. But look, we move it on to verse 43. It says, you have heard that it was love your neighbor and hate your enemy. (laughs) See, isn't that normal? Isn't that a normal thing for this world to do? you love your neighbor, but you hate those who go against you. But, going to verse 44, but, but, this is a big but. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. So if you are a child of the Father in heaven, what do you do? You pray for those who persecute you. You bless them. You love them. You bless those who curse you. You bless those who curse you. What does it go on to say? He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain to the righteous and unrighteous. So what is this is a shaking of our beliefs? Okay, let's move on. Let's go over to another scripture. I don't feel like you're convinced yet. Let's go to Luke nine fifty four. It says when the disciples, Lu, um, excuse me, Luke nine fifty four, Luke nine fifty four. So when you go there and you read it, it says when the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, "Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them?" And what does Jesus say? He turns around and he rebukes them, and he says, um, he, "Yeah, he, he." So they're over here seeing. Let's, if you want to go back, um, the context of this scripture was basically they're going to sa- the Samaritan village to get things ready for Jesus, but the people didn't welcome him, and because they weren't welcoming him, the uh, his. Two disciples, James and John, they're like, Shall we cast down fire on them? Because they didn't accept you? But we see that the Lord was gracious and kind. What did it say in that scripture? What does it not say in the Bible to um if you go into a household and offer your peace and if they don't receive your peace, then you take it, dust your feet off, take it, keep going. Does it not? Does it not? So when it comes to the things of the Lord, he will never push himself on you. It's up to us to receive him. But this shakes our doctrine. Because we see God as a sovereign God in the sense of a dictator. We see God as a sovereign God in the sense of having an elect that he only chooses. But guess what? Here we see here we see that he is offering his, his uh, presence to the Samaritan people. And they rejected it. So, that goes to show you that um, regardless of what we think, that free will and, yeah, free will is a thing. Free will is how we operate in this earth. He will not force himself on you. Come on now, he won't force yourself on you. The Lord's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to do that. So again we see our doctrine shaped we see our doctrine shook we see that the things that we believe the things that we've been taught to believe walking with the lord has proven otherwise i guarantee you james and john were taught like okay going in the old testament you see the prophet being mocked because he was bald and what does he do he calls down he calls down for their death and <laughs> and he calls for bears or what is it she bears or whatever bears some kind of bears uh come and get these people because they insulted him we see another prophet being sent um being sent for and the lord he calls down fire basically and they die so the old testament preaches of this It preaches of this doctrine. It preaches, oh, you can call down fire when someone doesn't receive you. But walking physically with the Lord proved otherwise. So we see that walking with the Lord will challenge the things that we believe. Um, in my personal life, I've said this before, I grew up very, in a sense, um, in churches that were very legalistic and not necessarily to the extent of like a UPC where you can't wear, like women can't wear, um, pants, but I grew up in a a legalistic environment to where you have to dress to the nines or if you don't dress to the nines, then basically you're not doing it right. And see the Lord, when I began to walk with him. And uh, intimately He shook my doctrine He shook me He said no that's not right I look at Remember David King David The one that everybody loves to um, Everybody loves to What's it called Everybody loves to associate with King David He was not judged by his looks He was judged by his heart Everybody and their mama Want to be David But nobody Nobody want to Go past looks And judge someone by their heart That's messed up So the Lord will always Always shake our doctrine and he will show us the true meaning of Jesus. Because doctrinal beliefs do not matter. In the grand scheme of things, doctrinal beliefs do not matter. The presence of Jesus does. Because while you're in the presence of Jesus, while you're walking with him, getting to know him, being intimate with him, those doctrinal beliefs will be straightened out. If not in this life, in the next. So to move on. Let's move on. Point. Um. Yeah. Um. He will give us, this is the third point. He will give us wisdom and revelation. He will give us wisdom and revelation. Um, a lot of times that you see in the walking with Jesus, he had a lot of parables. He would tell a lot of parables. So walking with Jesus... They before they knew him they did they knew not they didn't know these things They didn't walk in these things. They weren't educated. They didn't know the things of the lord even the pharisees They thought they knew but they really didn't know But in walking with jesus you see That he gave um Wisdom he gave wisdom he gave clarity he gave direction he gave revelation so Walking with jesus you will get wisdom, you will get direction, you will get revelation. Because if you notice, okay, wisdom, I've said this before. um, Knowledge, it's not okay to just get knowledge from the Lord. It's not okay to know, oh, I can quote my scriptures. I can do this, I can do that. I know the fruits of the Spirit. I know the gifts of the Spirit off off the top of my head. That is not useful. Why do you say that? How can you say that? That is not useful. Because what we realize in this world is, There's no point in having knowledge if you don't have wisdom. Let me say that again. There's no point in having knowledge if you have not wisdom. And what I mean by that is if we understand that wisdom is the application of knowledge, then we know that the knowledge is useless without the wisdom. Because it's not okay. Look, okay. It's like, for example... I know musical theory. What if I know music theory? It means nothing if I can't play the instrument. It means nothing if I can't if I can't play the guitar. It means nothing because I may have all the knowledge in the world regarding it, but I can't do a thing to apply it. Ah, some of y'all going to get that later. Um <laughs> we we have wisdom we learn wisdom from the Lord and we see that there we see that many times okay again like I said many times he will bring parable after parable he brings parables and he tells you how to do things He tells you how the kingdom of heaven looked like he told you what it uh, how it functions, how it operates. he tells you what to do. He tells you how to access the kingdom of heaven he tells you how to walk. How to talk. How to be like. He even says. Okay. I go right here. Uh, This is uh, Matthew 6 verse 5. He tells you how to pray. Excuse me. Someone coughing over there. Um, He tells you how to pray. He tells you how to do all these things. Move on. So. Walking with Christ gives you wisdom and revelation. Revelation. Wisdom and revelation. Okay, let's move on. Um, Let's go back a little bit to focus and direction. From focus and direction, because I told you the Lord will give you focus and He will give you direction, in the sense of um, we go to Matt. We saw, we read Matthew seventeen. We read Matthew seven. Excuse me, seven thirteen, and we talked about the narrow way. Did we not? We talked about the narrow way. And from that focus and direction, this is the, the I believe, the fourth point. <laughs> Forgive me if my number's off. But, okay, we're on the fourth point. Uh, from that focus and direction comes understanding. From the focus and direction comes understanding. The Lord oftentimes will lead you into direction. But in the leading of direction, eventually you will gain understanding of that direction, of that thing He's leading you into. I told you that. Uh, Remember, I quoted that scripture. Let me pull it up for you. It talks about, basically... uh, It talks about you knowing not now. It talks about how you don't realize what's happening now. This is John 13, 7. Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. So, oftentimes the Lord will... He will move you into direction. He will move you into a place. And you won't understand why. But the Lord always... We got to realize prophecy and a lot of things regarding our life. A lot of things revolving around um, the Christian walk is in part. We don't know everything. We don't know everything. We only know in part. For anybody who thinks you know it all, you're off because we don't know everything. We don't know everything. And if you know a little bit too much, I see that, that there's a good chance something's wrong, something's off. If you're a prophet and you're a little too accurate and you never miss it, hmm? what spirit you acting on? What spirit are you acting under? What spirit are you acting under? Is it of God? Cuz we are supposed to know in part. Anyway, so <laughs> let me get off of that. Anyway, so Jesus says here, "You do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand." See, walking with Jesus, we see the disciples not understanding what was going on. We see the disciples every time the Lord would bring up um, the death and resurrection, they were like confused, they were shocked, they were scared, they were they were just they didn't know what was going on. They thought this man was going crazy. I'm be honest, they probably thought this man was going crazy. So as they walked when did they find out all of this not even you don't even see them find out what he meant even after he dies not even after he dies why do we say why why because after the lord died what happened they said oh wow we thought he was the messiah we thought thought he was the messiah how blind can you be that the lord was walking with you and he told you I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be resurrected on the third day. He said it over and over. He would say it over and over that I'm going to die. What did Peter do? Oh, it's not going to happen, Lord. You're not going to die. (laughs) And the Lord rebuked him. (laughs) So it's like walking with the Lord, you're not going to always know what's going on at the time. But faith is trusting that the leader, like I said this earlier, he may lead you in something that you don't understand. He may lead you into the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't need to understand right now. You need to walk and trust that the guider, the shepherd, the leader, will guide you perfectly and lead you into the land that he needs you to be. Powerful, powerful. He will guide you. This the Holy Spirit will guide the Bible says the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. It doesn't necessarily mean understanding. It means guide you into all truth. But later on, when the time is full, when time comes, when the Holy Spirit is made manifest, then the understanding comes. That's why sometimes when when you don't, it's not time for you to understand certain things, or you're not ready, or you're not mature enough, or you can't handle it. Um, Let's say you've been drinking milk for so long. I'm not gonna give you meat because if you've been drinking milk for so long, you can't handle the meat. This goes the same thing, the same uh, way for the things in the kingdom. Um, (laughs) That's why sometimes when you read your Bible, you don't understand things. That's why sometimes when you read your Bible, you can't understand things. It's not, it's not clicking. Because sometimes it's not the right time for you to receive a certain thing. It's the right time for you to receive the things that you can receive. But when time comes and the Holy Spirit is made fully manifest in that moment for that situation, then that understanding comes. Whenever Jesus died, when he was resurrected, when he came in the room, they still they still were scared. They still didn't fully understand. But they saw what he said was true. But the understanding wasn't all there until when? When do we see this? When Pentecost had finally come. Then we see Peter rise up. Then we see him stand up and give a, a message on the gospel. Because understanding sometimes takes some time to walk and meet up with you. But first, we have to trust the leader. This is a big game of follow the leader. You trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. It may not make sense right now, but trust him. It may not make sense right now, but trust him. That's a word for somebody listening to this podcast. It's you may not know what's going on. It may hurt you. It may not be comfortable. But the Lord is leading you into goodness. What is how does Psalms twenty three end? Goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. He leads you to Himself. Psalm twenty three again. He, he he you inhabited with Him at the end. The psalmist inhabits with Him at the end. Let's go ahead and turn to Psalm twenty three. Let's go ahead. Go ahead and get your Bible. Turn to Psalm twenty three. We're not gonna do this. We're gonna just turn to it. All right, Psalms twenty three. Right. Psalm 23. Okay. So, look. 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 Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes you to lie down. He leads you. He restores your soul in that, that place. He. But then after he restores his soul, what does he do? He leads you to righteousness. Then after that, what happens? You walk. After the righteousness, after you get all this, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But... What does it say? I won't fear no evil because you're with me. It's not about the valley. It's about the Lord. And then you, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of your enemies? What do you mean? What do you mean, Lord? You lead me and you guide me to the presence of my enemies. Because he's preparing a table for your blessing. <laughs> he's preparing a table for your blessing. Because look, it goes on to say, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Meaning he's going to anoint you in the presence of your enemies and it's going to be so, so good that your cup is going to run over and maybe those enemies might even get a, a taste of that anointing. It overflows. But it says this, look, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He guided you. He guides you to himself. He's guiding you to himself. He is guiding you to intimacy to himself, to abide and to dwell in his house Forever? That's intimacy. So this is for somebody. Like I said, this is for somebody listening. You feel like something is hard. Something is heavy. Something's going on in your life. And you don't know why. I dare tell you, it's a training season. I dare tell you, it's a season of growth. It's a season of leading. Because he's training you and guiding you to walk into the intimacies of Christ. Yes sir Yes he is I feel that heavily He's walking and leading you Into the intimacies of himself He's teaching you and leading you Into the holy of holies right. Before I get too far on that Let's move on Um, Okay Um, Next point Walking with the Lord Y'all can write this down If y'all haven't been writing this down by now that's a shame. Y'all should get y'all's pen or something. Write this down. Faith and confidence comes from walking with the Lord. This goes back to Psalm 23. <laughs> Shoot, I could have just did Psalm 23 today. The whole the whole service, the whole sermon. Um. Bring in faith and confidence, we said that. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with us. Why? Because his rod and his staff comfort us. You know that rod that he got right there? That's not to abuse you. That rod is to is to protect you. It's to protect you. So t- sometimes when the Lord you ask the Lord something and you tell him he tells you no, that's not because he's a bad God and he just wants to punish you. He's protecting you. So thank him for that no. Hello, thank him for that no. Can you hear me? Thank him for that no. But anyway, so. Again, walking with the Lord, it brings faith. Because we even see, walking with the Lord's disciples didn't know how to do certain things. They didn't know they could walk on the water. Peter didn't know he could walk on the water. But what did the Lord do? He, he beckoned him onto the water. He said, come. Come to me. Come to me. But Peter's faith said, not only, not only do I want to come to you. I want to do it in a supernatural way. Why? Because he trusts his belief. He trust and had belief in his savior. He trusted and believed in the one that was leading him. He trusted and believed in the one who beckoned him. Because look, the Lord said, come. Peter was the one who said, call me upon the water. The Lord didn't necessarily do it because he wanted to. He was he was tested. He w- the, Peter was testing the Lord in a sense. And I know that sounds like ooh, like some of y'all like religious folk. Y'all don't like that. Y'all like hearing that. Oh, well, what do you mean he tested the Lord? Because he told the Lord, if that is you beckon me onto the water, call me onto the water with you. And he calls him. But guess what? It's still up to Peter. If Peter wanted to be with him, he could have took the oars. He could have took and he could have told the, the uh, apostles, hey, hey, let's let's go row out to him. Let's go be uh, and meet him in the boat. But no, he stepped out. Why? 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 Y'all can answer that for me. Why? Because walking with the Lord brings faith and confidence. Confidence and faith are together. It's belief, trust, and confidence. Why? Like we go to um, walking with Him. And we start to believe. We know in whom we believe. We know in whom we believe. Can none of y'all convince me God it doesn't exist? Can none of y'all convince me that he is not real, he's not, he, no, none of y'all. Why? Because I have faith and confidence that I have met who I have met, and I know that I have, uh, who I might, whom I know. I have full confidence, full assurance that he who is leading me will lead me into perfection, into himself, into the things I need. I have confidence and I have full assurance and faith. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So let's go to the last point and we'll wrap this up with this last point. And this will be the end of this little series. I have a lot more to say, but this is what I feel led to say. So most of all, walking with the Lord, the most prized thing we gain is Jesus himself. And I said this, I said this already. Psalms 23, the end of it says, I will abide with you. I will abide with you. Surely I will dwell In the house of the Lord forever. The goal. The end goal is Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 13 verse 44. Matthew 13 verse 44. I said I would go in Mark. But apparently I'm not being led today to go to Mark. So we're going to Matthew again. This should be called the book of Matthew at this point. Um, Matthew 13 verse 44. Alright. Matthew 13 verse 44. Y'all there? All right, verse 44. So, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who when he found one, one pearl, one pearl of oh a great price, one, just one. He went and sold all that he had and bought it. Hmm. Going on, verse 47, it's the same thing. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragon that was cast into the sea and gathers some of every kind. Which, uh, when it was full, they drew it to shore. And they sat down and gathered the good into the vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from amongst the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. They'll be welling and gnashing their teeth. So, this is talking about the end of the world. This is talking about the end of the world. Um, actually, let, before we talk about that, let's go back. Uh, this is verse... Oh Lord, I read. Okay, verse 44. Sorry, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid and had joy over if he goes and sells it. Over it, if he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So we see this. We see this in those two, in verse 44. Through verse 46, we see that this man finds something. Someone finds something and sells all he has to be with that thing. Or gives up all he has to be with that person. That's the same thing. It started off this way. It started off this way. It's beautiful because it starts off this way. The Lord, as you walk with him, he says, drop everything that's of you. Drop everything that you have that doesn't belong. Follow me. Pick up your cross. Follow me. Your cross is dropping everything and dropping your old life, your old man. And what happens? That's the beginning of it. What's the end? It says, it goes on to the parable of the dragnet, starting with verse 47, and at the end of the time, you, what? What does it say? It talks about the sifting of the good and the bad, and the damning of the those who aren't in Christ to be in hell. So, meaning, we get to be with the Lord. So, guess what, people? When you walk with the Lord, you end with the Lord. When you walk with the Lord, He is the promise. He is the prize. When you end, He is the prize. He's the promise. But guess what? Our end is also a beginning of eternity. And guess what? Eternity is not precious. Eternity is not precious because of the gold streets. It's not precious because of the stuff around you, the onyx. It's not precious because... Of the lack of tears. It's not precious because of the peace. It's precious because of the presence of Jesus. He is our everything. He is our treasure. He is lovely. He is good. He is all that's good in us. He is our righteousness. We are the righteousness of what? Christ Jesus. He is everything good in us. He is everything to us. In him we move. In him we breathe. He is everything to us. The treasure in walking with Jesus. Was getting to know him and loving him. I guarantee you look look at John the beloved when he walked with Christ he doesn't and, and if you read 1 John 2 John if you read those those uh his books his epistles if you read the ones that he wrote they aren't about those books are not about the things that Jesus did in the miraculous ooh controversial they're not about the things that he did in the miraculous It's about the love of Christ. The intimacy is what's worth it all. Jesus is the prize. Jesus is the prize. Jesus is the prize. Not what he does. I had a friend of mine ask me this. And I'm going to close. I'm going to close. I promise you, I'm going to close. This is the last question I leave you with. If Jesus never did another thing for you, would you love him? I hope your answer is yes. I hope it is because he is the prize. I'll let you. I'll let that marinate in your soul. I'll let that marinate in your soul. So let's go ahead and close things. Father, I thank you for the ability to come to you today. I thank you for the ability to spread this word, to share this word. I thank you that you are our prize. I thank you that you are the examiner and tester of our hearts and you are burning away and sifting away all the dross and all the unnecessary chaff and all the things that don't belong in our mentalities, in our walks, in our viewpoints. I thank you that you are leading us to yourself. I thank you that you are, as we walk with you, we are getting confidence. We are getting focus and direction. We are getting our beliefs shaken and renewed. We are getting you most of all. We get your wisdom and revelation. And what is that wisdom and revelation? That nothing else matters compared to just walking with you. Because again, you are our prize. And we thank you. We thank you. And we love you so. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Where the Light Is podcast. As usual, I want to thank you for every like, every share, and every listen. If you want to sow a seed into this ministry, you may do so monthly at anchor.fm slash where the light is slash support or for one time of any amount at paypal.me slash Ministries. God bless you and thank you for being a part of this ministry and I hope to see you next week.